the Sunday Sermons Podcast. God creates beauty in so many different ways. There's so much more that we have that's alike, and there always will be than we even imagine, and yet the differences are beautiful. This morning, we're going to be using the Kiwi and several other things in the scripture, just be talking about how do we embrace each other's uniqueness? How do we adjust? How do we help them adjust where maybe their uniqueness isn't all good and they need to make some changes? How do we adjust where our uniqueness isn't all good? How do we experience the full life that Jesus created for us? Well, it's going to start with a celebration. And here's what I mean by that. I want to clarify really quickly. Uh, by celebrate, here, here's, here's what I mean. We learn to love and we choose to love the image of God in people as they are. And we understand that it's broken. We understand that it's been twisted and it's been spoiled by this life. Some of their own choices, choices they had nothing to do with that other people did, just like us. Are you hearing me? And when we see other people, we, we realize this is a person that Jesus died for. This is a person who somehow bears the image of God and they have an in it worth just because of that. And also they bring something unique to the table. There's something they've got from their background, their skill set, either whatever talents they have, if they became a Christian, whatever spiritual gift they would be given by the Holy Spirit himself, they're going to bring something unique to the table. And when we start by celebrating that, When we start by saying, wow, welcome to the team as you are, that's where it begins. It's not where it ends because part of what we've been talking about this whole time, the last several weeks, I just ripped up my pineapple. We all have these prickly edges. We all have this stuff that just has to, we've got to get rid of it. And working together and letting God work on us is how we get rid of it. I'm not saying that we celebrate everything about all of each other and stay as we are. Please hear me on that. Did you hear me say that? But it starts by saying, yeah, but you're a child of God too. You were made in the image of God too. And no matter how much road we both still need to travel, we could do this together and it'd be better if we did. John Maxwell says, everything you really want but don't have is outside of your comfort zone. We talked about that last week. And it's, you see this so many places. Uh, uh, one more visual example. I can't help but be visual. That's how God made me. That's my uniqueness. But have you ever seen a diamond? You know it starts as coal, right? And it takes a long time and a lot of pressure and a lot of, I don't know, it's complicated. We can actually make our own diamonds these days, okay? But it's a process, And it starts out as this little shapeless black lump. And then it eventually becomes what we call a a diamond in the rough. And then you get somebody who's really skilled and they start messing with it. And eventually you end up with that little shiny thing that reflects light and helps people get married and all that stuff. (laughs) It's the same thing. When we see a lump of coal, we need to be able to go, wow, that could be a fire. That could heat my house all night. Or wow, that could be a diamond someday with Jesus' help and maybe with my help. That's where the journey begins. So that's what it comes down to. Last week where we wrapped off, we we said said this to each other, be a good banana. 
And before I ask you to say that one more time, I'm going to remind you, here's what that means. That means that we learn, just like the very first day, we pray and we love and we serve every day. We realize that relationships are a cycle. There's no way to just fix it all at once and it's happily ever after. That's, that's not true. But what is true is if we constantly stay in relationship with God and each other, there's that vertical and that horizontal happening all the time. Little by little, not only does all the prickly junk get messed with and eventually removed, but all the goodness on the inside gets revealed and it gets shared and everybody else around us is better for it. We learn that we live best in groups, bunches. We're connected to the vine, and we're also connected to each other. And that Christianity is a team sport. It's designed to be a team sport. And so we embrace that. And then the bananas, we, we talked about how that's where we're willing to go ahead and let people see the real us. Get rid of all the stuff that we have on the outside, all the masks, all the disguises, all the armor that we create ourselves to protect ourselves. And let it be replaced by Jesus Christ himself. And when, when we say, be a good banana, we mean all of that. So would you look at the person next to you one more time and say that with me? Ready? Be a good banana. Look at the person on the other side and say it to them. And, and let me just say, I don't know every single one of you as well as I'd like, but you guys are good bananas. I'm, I'm proud of this church. I'm proud of you guys. All right, here we go. C.S. Lewis, again, uh, we used this last time. We're just building and we're going to move on pretty quickly now. But he said, friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what, you two, I thought that no one but myself. We've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about the Inklings, the group of English scholars that got together weekly and really, really, really influenced each other. And because of that, really influenced the rest of the world. But part of what made that so powerful is they were just so committed. We've talked about that. Part of that that made that so powerful and effective in their lives was because they had so much in common. But a big part of it was they were really different as well. Tolkien never liked the Chronicles of Narnia. He thought he disagreed with a bunch of it. Um, That's just one example. Still learning from that book called Bannerstatch. But I'm telling you, um, they really shaped each other. They worked on each other. And, and because of that, everybody in the whole team got better. And, and there was this uniqueness that each one of them brought to the table. There was something special that the other people wouldn't have had in their lives and in their work unless everybody was there. So once again, that's what we're talking about today. How do we embrace each other's uniqueness? How, how do we start really adjusting to each other and helping each other get better in measurable ways? Let's talk about the Kiwi itself for just a quick second. I don't know if you know this already, but I did some research on it and I thought it was pretty cool. Kiwis are actually from China originally, but, but they got popular in New Zealand and because they're fuzzy, they reminded them of the Kiwi bird, which is a fuzzy bird. And that's how they got the kiwi fruit name. But in China, originally, they were used as medicine and meat tenderizer. And they can be used, they're an anti-inflammatory, they're an antioxidant, they have a lot of serotonin, so they can help you sleep. They're also a mild laxative. So don't eat too many at night, or they might 
both things might happen at once. That's just a little heads up from me. But there's so much goodness in them. And, and just the way, they're one of the few fruits that are actually, the whole thing is good. Even, I don't know what that is. I don't think that's me. Wow, goodness. Internet world, everybody here, sorry. Let's see if we can keep going. All right. <laughs> A little bit afraid now. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but thing is, they bring, they're one of the few fruits that every single part, even the fuzzy weird parts, are really edible and really good for you. And they add so much newness to If you've got a big pile of whatever, bananas or whatever, and you put this little green, crunchy, furry stuff, it adds a lot. Jesus has always was a master at this. That's why he chose such a diverse group of people to follow him most closely. Andrew was really good at bringing people to Jesus. He brought his own brother, Simon Peter. He was the one who found the little boy with five loaves and two fish. Andrew was good at stuff like that. Simon Peter, we talk about the most because he was good at talking all the time. So he's quoted all the way through. Even when he's denying Christ or when he's the first one to say that Jesus is the Messiah, we hear his voice a lot. James and John, Thomas. Thomas doesn't get near as much love. We're, we usually call Thomas Doubting Thomas. Everybody heard this? But he really wasn't known that. In fact, in the scriptures, if you know, if you just look, he's usually referred to as Thomas, just Thomas, or Thomas the twin. They thought it was cool that he was a twin more than, well, he's the guy that doubts all the time. And if you, one of the, let me just say, if anybody here today is struggling with some sort of a fear, some sort of a doubt, you have some deep questions, I'd love for you to remember how Jesus handled Thomas's quote unquote doubts. If you remember, Thomas was like, hey, I'll believe Jesus is coming back to life when I can actually touch the scars. Well, Jesus shows up and he doesn't say, Thomas, what in the world? He says, hey, Thomas. And that's what Jesus is going to do if you take your questions to him. And that's what we would love to do for you if you take our questions to us. And we help, we'd love to help. Well, let's look right into God's word. We're looking at Romans 5, several other passages here today. Paul writes this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's all of us. Are you hearing this? This is every one of us. Nobody gets into God's fruit basket or God's fruit salad on their own merit. It's because of Jesus. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. And character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Again, it's not up to us, but are you starting to see this process that we've been talking about? Can you see it in the passage? This means yes. This means I'm not even paying attention. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, 
one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You talk about a perfect example of what it looks like to love people as they are day one, to start the journey day one. While you're still a lump of coal, while you're still this little fuzzy brown thing you haven't opened up and seen that there's green goodness inside of yet. It's Jesus. And none of us would be here. None of us would be even close to being anything God wants us to be without his help. Paul continues, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we will also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So again, when we say that we celebrate, we're saying all of these things together. This is what John is saying in 1 John 3 when he writes this. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, it closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. We actually do something. And so that leads us to the second big thing. If you're a person who's writing things down, the first thing was we celebrate. The second one, let's say it together, we compensate. And again, this does not mean that we just adjust. This does not mean we just say, hey, it's okay that this kiwi fruit has been laying in the dirt outside and a dog picked it up and slobbered on it. Just put it into the salad. It's all good. It says, hey, there's still potential in this thing. We got this. We need it. Let's wash it. Let's cut off the parts that need cut off. Let's, let's make this work. And oh, look what that added. We compensate. We do this for each other all the time. See, true Christ followers cannot, we dare not actually endorse sin. But when we fail, and I say when, not if, when any of us fail in any way whatsoever, we need to be doing three things. Everybody go like this if you would. Okay, first thing is this. We keep doing what needs to be done. Okay? You just got to. Several people I know have to wear these things a lot. They got nicer ones than this one. This boot. You know what I'm talking about? Ever had to wear one of these? Oh, a lot of you. Okay. So here's what I like about these. Um, When you have to wear them, it's not fun, it's not cool, but what it allows you to do is go ahead and put that on. There's enough support that your bad leg, at least you can still move around, right? So you're you're walking like this, it's kind of strange, it's not what you want, you're not totally better yet, but you're still doing what needs to be done. That's the first thing. Everybody got that? The second thing is this, uh, when we, in, when we compensate, what we mean by that is that we allow the hurting parts to heal. We allow the hurting parts to heal. Again, part of what these boots are for, I think the main thing they're for is actually not just to help you still get stuff done, but to immobilize the part that needs to heal so that it can just heal. And you keep doing what you need to do, but that part just needs a little bit of time, a little bit of TLC. 
The third thing that needs to happen when we compensate for each other is we work hard to get stronger together. Anybody ever have to do physical therapy? Maybe while you're still wearing one of those, okay? Anybody into weightlifting? Anybody have to try uh, train for like uh, track or some sport? Nobody? You can raise your hands. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely asking. Okay, so yeah, there we go. So people know how this works. You do those things. You keep going somehow. You, you somehow adjust so that the hurt parts get better. But you also work hard to get stronger. Maybe the next time that ankle won't go out, hopefully. Paul writes in Romans 15, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. And back to John 3, 1 John 3 again, the apostle John writes this, and everyone who thus hopes in him, in Jesus, everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning and also, it also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. That's one of those really scary spots in the scripture for me. I think the only one scarier is, is very similar wording, and I'm pretty sure that's what John is kind of halfway quoting here is where Jesus says there's going to be a few people that show up in heaven or almost to heaven and Jesus says I don't know you but there's this idea of abiding and we talked about it with the grapes earlier we abide in Jesus we stay connected we stay connected to each other we're constantly in the process of, of being refueled by Jesus himself and by producing the fruit that he wants us to produce that's what we're about and every once in a while we fail every once in a while something goes wrong but by and large this is what we're really about what John is talking about is the opposite of that. We, this somebody, whoa, look at that. Talk about a failure. That was, that was amazing. Didn't even plan that one. That was, that was, there we go. I'll get it in a second. You're welcome. But instead of abiding in Christ, he's talking about it when sometimes we abide in sin. What we really are relying to get us through life is our own selfishness or our own self-medication, whatever form of self-medication that is. We're really, we say we love Jesus, but what we really love is ourselves. And if that's what we're abiding in, we're really missing it. Which is why I hope and pray that almost everything I'm saying here today and in this whole series Hopefully you've heard it before. And I know for a fact that many, many of you, I just don't know every one of you, but the ones I know, I know that you guys are getting this, you go. But we've got to completely get it. This has to define us. This has to be who we are. This has to be the DNA of everything. Does that make sense? It has to be our identity. That's what it looks like when we really get this. John says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. What we actually do, what's actually real, what's actual reality. 
In Colossians 3, Paul talks about this whole thing. And he, again, he uses that imagery we spend a lot of time with. Uh, this is driving me crazy. I'm sorry. Is it okay? Sorry, camera people. I got to pick up these grapes. Hello. Hello. I know that's weird. Noah's going to kill me later when he gets back. There we go. No more grapes on the carpet. This is weird, guys. I'm sorry. What a, what a strange day. But thank you for enjoying it. Here we go. So Colossians 3. Using that same imagery of the peeling back the banana and all that stuff we've been talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Since then, he says, you have been raised with Christ. You've put to death all the sin. He has this beautiful long passage. And in the middle, he says this. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew or circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and is in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against each other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Imagine if you went to the ER and you had a broken ankle and instead of giving you one of these or something else, they just said, you're fine. That's how ankles are supposed to be. That's how ankles are supposed to feel. What's wrong with you? Let's celebrate together just how unique your ankle is. Is that what you want to hear? No, we tell each other the truth and we help each other. It's not cruelty to help somebody. It's not cruelty to acknowledge that I have problems that I need your help with. That's not being cruel of you. It's not cruel of me to say, hey, we all do. If I'm talking to you privately, I might, I might say, hey, you do. You need to fix that. That's not being mean. That's being truthful. That's being honest. Are you with me on this? Does that make sense? And that's what he's talking about. But the dream is not just that we fix all the stuff. The dream is we work together. And I'd like to try something with this. Um, we're going to, uh, each one of these little groups here, those of you at home, you can pick one. Just sing along if you can. But this group over here, I need you to hit this note when I point at you. It goes like this. Ready? Ba. Okay, let's try it. Ba. Pretty good. Set be a little bold with it. Okay, here we go. Ba. Nice. This group right here, you're going to be this note. Ba. Oh, that's good. Ba. There it is. Ba. One more time. Let's try it together. Oh, oh, hey, we're getting somewhere. Wait, wait, wait. You guys get to be in it too. Ba, ba, ba. Ready? Here we go. Ba. That's good. You guys? Ba. You can do it. Suck it up. You can hit this now. Here we go. Ba. Ba, 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 ba. Everybody together. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. That was beautiful. 
It takes a little work. We got to adjust. We got to work at it. We got to see the potential. Hey, I think this could happen. But the beauty happens when we all work together and everybody sings the note that God designed for them to sing. Is this tracking? That's what Paul is talking about the rest of this passage in Colossians 3. He says, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One of the things that gives me more hope than anything is going back through passages like Hebrews 11, where it talks about the quote-unquote heroes of the faith. If you really look at all those people that are listed, like Barak, one of them, that worked with Deborah, he was too checking him and work with her. He's on that list. I don't know how. You got Rahab, that's an ex-prostitute. There's a long list. If you, if you had, they, we always draw these really cool-looking dynamic pictures for kids in Sunday school. They should have a bunch of just random people up against those lines, you know, like a, a lineup. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's like a rogues gallery. And yet these are the people that are on that list as heroes of the faith. You know why? Because at some point in their life, they bet everything on God. At some point in their life, they threw all of it in and said, okay, let's see what happens. And God came through. And that's what faith looks like. And God can take any of us, no matter how prickly we are, no matter how weird looking we are to everybody else, he can use any of us. And he does on a regular basis. And when that happens, here's the third thing. We talk about we celebrate we compensate. Last one is this. We radiate. Would you say that with me? We radiate. In other words, the effect gets bigger and bigger. Like you drop a rock in a pool of water and the, the, the little ripples go out. You, you blast sound out of a speaker and it gets big. You turn it up really loud. The whole neighborhood complains or maybe likes it. We radiate. See, Jesus Christ is the, capital T, capital all the other words, the light of the world. But he tells us that because of him, we are the light of the world. Our job is to let people see what is true. Our job is to let people see how beautiful God created everything to be. How beautiful they still are deep underneath all the layers that need peeled off. How beautiful each one of us is deep underneath all the layers we still need to peel off. How beautiful the potential is. How all of us are diamonds. Maybe diamonds already. Maybe diamonds in the rough. Maybe lumps of coal. But all of us can get there. And we're the ones who are taking that joy, that joyful message to the world. We're the ones who are modeling it if we're getting it right. Again, John, 1 John 1. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
I love this verse. It reminds me of how I feel whenever I speak to this church. I write to you, he says, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. I hope you always hear when you're here, you hear encouragement primarily. If anything needs to change, you're hearing some sort of a message of change needs to happen in my heart, I hope it's conviction. That's the Holy Spirit saying you need to change. And you can. With God's help and your own willpower and the help of these people who love you, you can change. I hope you hear that hope. Uh, It's never my intention, and I apologize if I ever accidentally come forth with condemnation. I say, y'all are losers. You've never heard this. You're terrible. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't know anything. That is not where we're going here. John says, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. And what that means is everything we're just talking about. Are you actually letting God get rid of the prickliness? Have you joined some sort of a group of people that are helping you get rid of this? The constant friction and the constant serving is helping you get rid of all the prickly prickly stuff. Are you abiding? Are you actually doing everything you could do to stay connected, not just to Jesus, but to the people around you? Are you letting them and you yourself and Jesus himself peel back all those layers? Are you together, collectively, intentionally looking for more people? People that don't look the same, act the same, but buddy, you're so excited about it because what could they bring? That's what it looks like. That's how it works. That's the dream. I remember several years ago, it was one of the first big trips I took the youth group on. We went to Six Flags over Georgia. And uh, we're standing in line. You know how the lines go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth? Okay. So we kept going back and forth and we kept accidentally getting next to this guy. And he's, he's got these long dreads. Pretty much anything that could be pierced was pierced. Wall-to-wall tattoos. And this was early 90s and some of you weren't even born then and some of you barely remember it. But that was unusual back then. That was, that was a little scary. So my middle school guys that I was standing with, they were a little nervous. Every time we'd get a little close to that guy, they'd be like, and I was like, guys, he's just a guy. He's all right. And they're like, I dare you to go talk to him. <laughs> and back then, anybody that used to be in my youth group will tell you back then I had a really stupid habit of taking every dare. I eventually learned my lesson. That's a whole other story. But I was like, okay, let's go. So I go to talk to the guy. I say, hi, I'm John Pryor. I'm a youth minister from Tennessee. This is my youth group. And they're like, oh no, what in the world? And, and he goes, John Pryor? Do you know Dan Broadfield? And I was like, yes. How do you know Dan? Dan Broadfield was a missionary kid I knew from Papua New Guinea. He's like, he's all the time talking about you. You're the guy that plays the guitar and stuff, right? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> This guy was a missionary. This guy that they were so terrified was, he worked for Youth with a Mission in an inner city mission. And the only way any of those teens would ever listen to him is if he looked like that. And he said, frankly, it's growing on me. I like it too now. (laughs) But 
you just never know. If you just judge people by the outside, you don't see whether you like it or you don't like it. If that's all you see, you're missing who they really are. Every single person you'll ever meet is made in the image of God. Every single person has a unique potential that needs to be in the amazing, tasty, mixed up, weird, different textures, different colors, different everything fruit salad that God is trying to build. Couple last last scriptures and we're done. Here we go. John is, of course, referring back to Jesus. All these ideas trace back to him and to his example. It was Jesus who, again, not only chose disciples and reached across cultural barriers and all kinds of stuff, but Jesus stepped out of heaven and came down here to save us. It's the ultimate example of everything we're talking about today. Paul writes in Colossians, and so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. This morning we're going to give you, as we always do, an opportunity to jump in the basket with us. I don't don't know which one of these matters to most of you. Maybe the abide thing, maybe the unique thing, maybe the prickly thing, maybe the bananas that need peeled thing. We need everybody. We need you. And Jesus loves you as you are, but he loves you enough to help you change and become who he really created you to be as well. And so do we. And we need you to help us not only be accepted and belong as we are right this second, but change and become exactly what he wants us to be. Whatever that means to you this morning, as you stand, as you sing, would you either come forward and make a public decision or come to the back and pray with us? We'd love to help you take that next step.